wasting any time. We're going to get to open run. It's been a minute, man. You know, holiday and COVID got in our way. Yeah. Now, we didn't have COVID, but people... No, I don't have COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I had a test recently, actually. I probably shouldn't break that story off the top of... No, the... it's nothing wrong with it. COVID is a part of life right now, bro. Sure is, man. And it's been a part of our broadcast and everything yeah. else, but... A lot of people affected by it, man, unfortunately. But we're back and running, baby. Yeah. I'm excited to be running. Uh, Mavs are in full swing. Yeah. Of course, Cowboys missed the... Uh, and I know we're not going to do a lot of Cowboy, but... Uh, NFL is hot right now because the playoffs are starting, but I, I thought the Cowboys might get in in spite of a uh, uh, kind of a down year. Beautiful to be in a terrible division. All right, so I, I was thinking about this yesterday, so I, I got to ask you Dirt. this. <laughs> so the Giants yesterday yeah. were complaining publicly right. That's funny. that Philly didn't play their best, mm-hmm. and I'm like, to keep them out of the playoffs, I would have They were a six-win team. Yeah. How does a six-win yeah. team complain about anything? What is it, the NFC East, right? Yes. Well, you, you just said. I mean, that, that, that's the worst uh, division. If I, if, I was, if I was a giant, yeah. I would be embarrassed that everyone on my team was complaining about <laughs> Philadelphia when we won six games. Yeah, it's hard for anybody in, the, in that conference to complain. Yes. I mean— if you want to make the playoffs, at least win nine games. Thank you. Right? Go, go 500. I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. Go 500. But it just goes to show you, man, in spite of the division being so bad, the fact that it is so bad, I should say, you can, you can find yourself in the playoffs with a losing record. I, I don't think that's happened uh, maybe one time in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if one of those Seattle teams went 7-9. and nine. I, I can't remember. I can't remember either, but I think it, was, it happened one time before, and you're saying Seattle. I know it was like a bad – like the NFC West was struggling yeah, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, you may be right. You may, that's, that's, but that's the thing too, Harp. Not only, to know. Not only uh, is Washington – in the playoffs, yeah, they're hosting a playoff game. I mean, it, it matters probably less that you because don't have to travel. they won the, the, yeah. the, the conference, and, yeah. and to me, that's baffling. I think, <laughs> listen, that, that's going to change though eventually. It needs to. I, I think it is. There's yeah. been conversation about it, and you know, we don't make the rules, but at some point, you would think that the people that deserves to be rewarded at the end of the season will be, and I think that in itself will change it. Yeah. And and that's also the beauty of open run. People started listening to this podcast thinking we were going to say Luca right out the gate, and we talked well, about we the mess of the Oops, NFC. I'm sorry. We, you, oh my god, we didn't talk about Luca. <laughs> you started with this cowboy. No, it's I started fault. with the no, cowboy. No, I turned the ball over. I, I dribbled <laughs> no, off my leg. And, I turned it over, man. Okay. But uh, we're going to get into Luca. I mean, there's no 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 getting around talking about Luca Doncic, who's. Uh, I think honestly hadn't been his best. No, nah. and I he he alluded to that. He yeah. talked about it after one of the uh, one of the the games. He talked about how things hadn't been the way he hoped they would be. But you know, when when the expect, expectation is there, you got to be great yeah. all the time. You got to be on your game. Anybody can have a bad day. People can have multiple bad games. But when you're considered the front runner to be the most valuable player. People are going to talk about it. They're going to look for anything. They're talking, you're not in shape. You're not this. You're not that. I mean, all, all you do, man, in sports is we build people up mm-hmm. just to bring them back down. Mm-hmm. That, that's just society. That's just sports. It happens to the best. For crying out loud, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Tom Brady is the GOAT. And there has been so over the last, say, year, there have been so many people trying to tear those two guys down right. together. I mean, Tom right. Brady's washed up. He's done. He can't do it. You know, his coach challenges him a lot of times, uh, Bruce Arrington, uh, Aaron. But, um, hey, what are you going to do, man? It's a price to pay when you're the best, and Luka is certainly the best. I, I think he's found himself a little bit as a as a player. Watched him last night. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely marvelous out on the floor and really looked like himself mm-hmm. to me last night against a, a good opponent in the Houston Rockets. That was kind of the Luka everyone expected. Now, I'm not uh... – I'm not trying to make any excuses for anybody, but we are in. We are two games removed from the internet saying that Steph Curry is washed up, and he's dropped I think 94 <laughs> in his point. last two games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so 92. I'm sorry. The internet should <laughs> yeah, take their L and sit down, right? 
But uh, but um, I, it does make me wonder two things. Number one, you said something a couple of games ago, and I really spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was don't, like skin, don't, don't, if, don't, don't. if there is if you're if you're going to take part in the MVP con- conversation, yes, there this is going to come along with it. And yeah. I started thinking a lot about how the the high standard that Luca holds himself to and what all yeah. this internet conversation the first week has probably motivated him in really great ways, I would think. I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, like, I, I'll just speak for myself, not that I'm trying to compare myself to Luca or anybody else, but I never paid attention to what people were writing and what people were saying. I mean, you hear it through the grapevine. Right. You know, sometimes coaches use it as material on the bulletin board. I never paid a lot of attention attention to it because I'm kind of a sensitive dude up under this big head right. and this little weird body that I have. <laughs> you know, and, and it affects you. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And if you're sensitive to it, why even pay attention to it? Luca, on the other hand, doesn't care. Mm. He wants it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He wants you to doubt him. He wants you to question him when it comes to his game. Because he knows how great he is. I mean, sooner or later, I, I don't care what you say. He's at, what, probably 25 points now. He mm-hmm. was a, down a little bit from 28, 29 points a game from last year. But he uses it as fuel. Right. Every single time you start talking negative. I asked him about the slow start. And he says, how are you going to judge us after five games? You can't. Right. And I just think it's too early to start trying to um, – Gauge exactly where this team is, exactly where Luca is. Mm-hmm. They're implementing new pieces, if you would, as far as personnel is concerned, and that certainly takes time to uh, to come to fruition. But um, I, I said before, you know, we did a couple of shows before the season started, and I was raving about this team. I'm still raving about them Me too. because I think they're going to be a solid team and a team that people don't want to play. I, I, I go back to last night, Skin. And I know it's our, our, our time to talk, and I don't want to worry, take all of your time either. No, 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 I like it. You know, they have so many different lineups that they can roll out. And if you look at what they rolled out as a starting five last night, mm-hmm. was phenomenal to me mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. One, it, it was a great defensive team. And yes. Houston, James Harden, um, John Wall, they felt the sting of that lineup. Early in that game, they couldn't get to the rim. They couldn't finish. A lot of different scenarios uh, as far as the Mavericks defense is, is concerned. So you take out Tim Hardaway Jr., who else? Dorian Finney-Smith mm-hmm. was the other guy that was taken out. How about Tim Hardaway, his mindset, after being taken out of the starting lineup, mm-hmm. he pops up and has a huge game. Incredible. You know? That and was it, his career high off the bench last off night. Off the bench. Yeah. What, 30 points? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Six of eight from three or yeah. something. So look at it like this. If everybody's mind is in the right place, everybody says, everybody on this team says, well, hey, we want to win a championship right now, sooner than later, right? Right. If that's your mindset, then that's the approach that you have to have. You have to have a very un- a selfless, unselfish mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think this team has that because they want to win. And they're, they, they, they beat a, a pretty good team. I'm not going to call Houston a, a great team because they have their issues right. themselves. But you think about when KP come back, yeah. comes back, that's when everybody's going to have to sacrifice. Right. Now, do guys go like this because of that, or do they come in? Do they come together? And I think they'll come together, and I think Dallas will be right there in the Western Conference. I do, too, uh, and I've been – I haven't really made any. I mean, I get disappointed when the team doesn't play well, but yeah. I just we've been doing this too long to make any sort of judgments. You know, I like I see people on Twitter. I saw one guy that's in the local media say after the Laker game, I haven't given up on this team yet. And I was like, man, how am I even supposed to take you seriously saying some <laughs> crap like that's the silliest thing right. I've ever heard? But when when Porzingis comes back, there's a massive rink, uh, ripple effect. Yeah. But the thing that I loved. And you, you brought it up last night when we were talking about Tim going to the bench and you were talking about when it, when guys believe in one another, those things are okay. Absolutely. Uh, you, I know you made sacrifices in New York. No when doubt you, about it. I, I, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. You, I, my sacrifice was Don Nelson took over as coach mm-hmm. after Pat Riley resigned. And Nellie is a whole different bird. Okay? <laughs> right, I mean, right. he's not a blue jay. He's not a red bird. <laughs> It's not a canary bird. He's a Nelly bird. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Nelly, when it comes to coaching, he does things a lot different than your 
your normal coach. Rick is different, but not like Don Nelson. Right. So the first time I met with Nelly, I'm the point guard. I've had the ball all of my life since I was since I had I, I came out of the womb. I think they gave me the basketball. <laughs> Run, you're a point guard, okay? So I meet with Nelly. I, I think it was in Atlanta. I can't remember the exact city that we were in. He says, "Sorry, come here. I need to talk to you." I said, "Okay, what what is this? I thought you were going to say come off the bench or we're going to do something different, you know, from that perspective." He says, "I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put you as a two guard." So, of course, my initial reaction was, what are you doing, man? you got to be crazy. <laughs> I'm not a two-guard. I'm not a three. You know what I mean? I, I need the ball to, to make things happen for everybody else and to involve people. And he says, no, I just see this team a little bit different from what it's been. <laughs> he goes on to say, Skin, that I see Mace, a guy that's not a shooter, that's not a natural scorer. Mm-hmm. I see him. Being the point. And if you recall, Nelly had Paul Pressey back in the yes, day. Yes, yes. He was that kind of that, that, that point three. For, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Point forward, yeah. or whatever you want to call it. It's good. So he says, yeah, yeah, I guarantee you it's going to work out. You're going to get a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. So that was intriguing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm going to be shooting the ball more. Everybody likes to shoot it. So I gave it a chance. You know, I backed off. I said, you know, if, if that's what you think is best for this team, I'm going to be a team player. So I backed up. And Lord and behold, he was right. I think I went about five or six games with 20 or more points. <laughs> 15 shots a game. You know what I'm right. saying? So I'm like, well, I'll be darned. Nelly was right, you know. And it, it, it's all a sacrifice, man. You, everybody has to sacrifice when there are more than one or two people right. involved. You know, when you're a team, you think about the sacrifice football players and hockey players and all those different guys have to make baseball. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's team, and I don't want to sound cliche when they say there's no I in team, but it's the truest thing that's ever been quoted. Yeah, There is no I, and you have to take yourself out of it sometimes and look at the big picture. The big picture is collectively, that's who it's about. It's about everybody, and ultimately, there's never been a team that's won a championship that people were on, fifth man, 12th man, the 50th man in, 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 in football, where everybody didn't get a ring and mm-hmm. everybody didn't get the bonus check. You right, know what I mean? Right, so right. at the end of the day, everybody is going to benefit. So why not go with the flow and do whatever it is that you can do to help your team be successful? I think it's real easy for people on the outside to to look in and go, well, this person should do this and this person should uh-huh. do this. But, man, if you've made it to the highest level of sports, more than likely you have a big ego because oh, yeah. a lot of times that drives you. Sometimes. Sometimes, right? Yeah, sometimes. And so I think it's super critical, especially in basketball, where there's like, you know, not that many guys in the locker room. Mm-hmm. But if you have a quote-unquote best player – I just think it's it makes things easier for some of those other guys to accept roles when that best player is likable mm-hmm. and those guys like to play with him. Mm-hmm. And that's why Luca, aside from his abilities, there's an extra level of specialness because, I mean, look at the way Josh Richardson talks about him, mm-hmm. right? Richardson wanted to come here because it was going to be better for his career to Absolutely play with right. that guy. Yeah. And that is a, that is a really sp- – and, and I think from the outside looking in, I think other players in the league, didn't realize that about Dirk until they played with him. And then when they played with him, they never wanted to leave. Look at how many Mavericks left and wanted to come back immediately to be a part of this. That that is a heck of a point. And, you know, you're talking Dirk and Luka. Yes. And uh, you you know why people want to – another reason why people want to play with those guys is because they're misunderstood from afar. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if you look at Dirk, you look at Luca, they're white guys, no point intended whatsoever. So it's like, I want to play against this guy. They're good. Okay. So if you think about Dirk off the court, you know him better than I do, Skid. You know Dirk away from the game. Hell of a guy. Awesome dude. I mean, just a nice, soft-spoken, easygoing guy. Respectful human. Oh, my God. I, I just... You know, you talk to Dirk, and it's like, man, this dude is too humble. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. And Luca the same way. They're kind of shy mm-hmm. in their own way. I mean, you get around Luca, and he looks at you, and <laughs> you know, you don't, you, you. He's not doing a lot of talking, mm-hmm. except for if you're Boban, Maxi, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. 
all the guys. He loves the guys. Yeah. And I think when guys see Luca away from the game, when you see Dirk away from the game, that's what you fall for. Right. Just how how sweet and how kind those guys are. Yeah. As people, and then the basketball part, it takes care of itself because, you know, if you can ball, you can ball, and game recognize game. You know, people. You know it. They looked at Luca like, ah, we'll see next year. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see what he does next game. You know, you, you got to question some people all the time more than you're going to question other people, right? Mm-hmm, right. And when those guys show you that they can ball, I'm, I'm trying to think somebody said something about um, about uh, the, the the late Paul Westfall. Mm-hmm. I think it was Cedric. Uh, Ced had some no, good No, no, I saw it. I'm sorry, Skin. I saw it on the jump. Okay. And Coach Fisdale. Oh, who's yeah. from California. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. Great coach. Yeah. Hadn't lasted long a lot of places, but a great assistant for the Miami Heat. Yes. For a long time. He's from Cali. Mm-hmm. And he said that he used to watch the games back then with his, with his great-grandfather. With his grandfather, beg your pardon. And the one thing that he said <laughs> that's relevant to this little conversation is that Paul Westfall was so good that his grandfather said, that white boy's pretty good. You <laughs> right, know, it's kind of right. like they talked about Pistol Pete. Right, right. You know, who played for his father in college. And, you know, it, it, game is game, man. Yeah. If you can get it done, everybody's going to get along with you. Everybody's going to like you, man. And it, it, it just makes for for a healthy locker room, a healthy environment. And I, I, I really feel like that. You have more success when you, when guys like each other. Right. That's what I feel. I yeah. mean, you can, you know, we saw the last dance and it didn't look like those guys cared for each other very much. Right. There was a lot of craziness going on, correct? Right. right. That we didn't know about. I kind of knew about it because I was in the league at yes. the time. But, you know, it, you got to have some camaraderie, you mm-hmm. got to have some cohesion. Right. If you're going to be successful. And I just, that's one of the reasons why I like the Maverick team is because they have all of that cohesion. I, I don't think people. I think people understand and respect that Luca has the 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 what the number two usage rate in the NBA, and that means the person that has the ball the right. most, James Harden for the Houston Rockets, probably LeBron James, right, and on and on. That's just the way it is. You you earn that right. by being the best player on the team. So you know, as long as guys buy into it. It works out. And I will say that that's not always the case. Guys don't always buy into it based on my 16-year career. Sure. No, that, that's, that's, and that's and that's part of, like, if they do like each other, it makes it easier for guys to sacrifice yeah, and buy in. Absolutely. Uh, so, and I know the, from the, when the area you played in, I mean, I know you see what the Mavericks have with the training staff, and it's just yeah. so much more advanced. And guys know so much more than they did. Mm-hmm. But was there a point in your career where you had, for lack of a better term, mastery over your body? Where, like, you knew what it take to be in shape and when to be in shape? Like, because there's all this conversation about Luca. oh, how dare he be out of shape? I'm like, right. man, that guy's 21. He doesn't know his body yet. Like, Luke, <laughs> like for example, Dirk, you know, people make a big deal. Well, Dirk stopped drinking and eating refined. Dirk did that when he was 27. Yeah. It's, it, you know. <laughs> Had some, some time in. Time these, served. These dudes show up at the league and they're eating Taco Bell still. Man, I, you, I used to eat hot dogs on the bench. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, man. I mean, there were times where I felt hungry. Yeah. I would call get one of the ball boys to put a hot dog under a towel <laughs> and bring it to me. When I caught a break, I ate the hot dog. Right. I mean, I, to your point, man, no question. It takes time yeah. to develop that mindset and that mental um, that mental part of, uh, of what it takes. Normally, it's later than early. Yeah. Skin, you know, you don't, you, like you just said, you don't come in like, oh, I got to be healthy. You are healthy. I mean, you're, you think you're bulletproof when you're right. 21 years old. It's not a old. coincidence that if you get, if a guy like Luca gets hurt, he's normally back the next game. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I get a thigh contusion or something like that, I'm out for the year, man. There's nothing. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't walk. It'll screw my little golf game up. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know, man. Everybody has a theory, and, and here's what I, I think about all of this, Ken. Like, you're in the circle. You're in the circle. You get to interact with the team more than Twitter does mm-hmm. and the average person out here, right? Right, right. So you kind of know what's going on. And unless it comes from the circle of, of people that are doing it, that know the ins and outs of it, 
it's probably uh, it's probably not going to check out. Yeah, yeah, and that's all. That's in all due respect to fans and everybody else, man. I mean, I people hit me on Twitter about all kinds of stuff, and I, I you know, I, you know, I'm not a Twitter guy. Right, I, right. I, I don't do Twitter, but I do kind of stroll through and see what everybody's talking about, and I get questioned all the time. And the one thing I'll say, and that you can say as well, is you're talking from experience, mm-hmm. whether it's experience of being around the team. Or experience, in my case, of playing basketball all of my life. There's nothing about basketball that I don't know. Right? Does that make me a great coach? Not at all. Because it's more to coaching j- than just playing the game. Mm-hmm. you got to know personalities. you got to know strategy. you got to right. know a lot of different things, which I know in my own way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't pay a lot of attention to it, man, when people start talking the yin-yang about Luca. About KP, I mean that there was talk about training KP. I mean, what? He's not the first guy to yeah. be injured, right? And have problems. I mean, it depends on the injury, how long you're going to be out, um, whether or not you're going to re-injure yourself. All of those things, man. And sometimes it's just the luck of the draw, right? Yeah, yeah, it just happens. And I think the other thing too is like we always get so caught up in the moment, it's hard to contextualize what you're watching. And I'm like. Man, people are really upset right now at two and four or whatever. Do they not remember mm-hmm. how good poor like you add a top twenty player to any team? Yeah, man. It's seismic. It is seismic. And and the way that those two guys game complements one another, it makes Dorian so much better and Josh yeah. so much better and Maxi so much yeah. better and on Tim and on and on and no, on. No, no question. I'll put it to you this way. Uh take Luca, sit him over here. And ask any the rest of the guys, just ask them, do you want to be traded away from here? Ask Dorian, would you like to leave and go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Josh Richardson, we know. He right. came here because he wanted to play with Luca and play for this organization, play with these guys. Ask Timmy, ask James Rob, ask any of those guys. If they who would you rather? I'll put it to you like this. And I think James Harden is a top five player in this league. Mm-hmm. But ask his teammates, would they trade to come here and play with Luka? Oh, I bet they oh, would. They would for yeah. sure. They have similar games. Yeah. Their usage rate is the same. Right. But the one thing about Luka, man, and what separates him, if you are open, okay, you're going to get the basketball. Right. It's that simple. I mean, I see him – he could shoot every time right? if he wants to because he gets by people. He's big. He's strong. So he can shoot it. I mean, not a great shooter yet. Mm-hmm. But when he gets by his guy, you can shoot. You have a green light to just let it go if you want. Luca plays team basketball, man. And you're only nitpicking if you're trying to bring this kid down as a player. I, yeah. I mean, I, I just can't. And I'm hard to please, honest to God, because I played the game. I know the game. And – you remember, I mean, the first year that I saw Luka Doncic, I saw him practice one day, and I didn't, I didn't go back. Yeah. Because I'm like, this, whatever it is, this kid, he, he has it. He has and it. Hate him if you want, but he just has that special thing about him, man. And I think the biggest compliment you can play him, man, is that he competes every single night. I said last night, when the best shows up, the best comes out in Luka. Yeah. I mean, he gave Kawhi a triple-double. Uh, a 40-point triple-double. Right. He sees LeBron after the first time because he was kind of in awe. Yeah. I think he admitted that. Uh, you're right, right. To, to being in awe of Luka, I mean of LeBron. But after that, I mean, Luka goes after you, man. He goes after everybody. I, I mean, you can see it, man. The we guy, saw it last night. He gets up for those James Harden oh games. Oh, my God. He averaged 34 points in yeah. two games against Houston last year. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I, I just – I'm not – I don't have hate in, me, it, hate in me when it comes to – I'm an ex – a has-been, as they say. Come on now. I'm an ex-basketball player that understand that the game is about everybody. Mm-hmm. It's about teammates. I mean, people retire your jersey. The first thing you start yakking off is, man, I got to thank my teammates. I got to thank my coaching staff. I listened to J.J. Barea. All he talked, he was in tears talking yeah. about what he's going to miss and the guys that he played with, all of those things. So – you know, people try to come between teams and all of that stuff. If you're tied the right way, you tie your shoes up, 
and you put a double knot in them, they're not going to come untied, man. And I don't think <laughs> I don't think the Mavericks are going to going to let the outside noise affect them as an organization or a team. I, I love kind of where that conversation went because we were talking about guys leaving and wanting to come back, and man, yeah. JJ couldn't wait. He got his money oh, in Minnesota oh. and couldn't wait yeah. to get back here. I mean, to play with Dirk. Yeah, that's his guy. Yeah. you know, and they they played so well together. Just a great compliment to each other. So you just mentioned, uh, you know, the Jersey retirement. And I was it's funny, before you mentioned that, I was actually thinking, when you said, I'm washed up, I'm like, come on, man, your jersey's hanging in that rafter. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. I, I'm just generally speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't. But, if I went and tried to play basketball today, it would – I, hopefully there would be no cameras. <laughs> but I, but I, I do want to I do want to have the Jersey retirement conversation about a guy. Yeah. Because um, you know we've had the conversation many before. times, yeah. and uh, and I think it's a it's a great conversation because you've impacted the way I think about it. But one of for dudes that are at least my age, one of the most divisive Dallas Mavericks is Mark Aguirre. Mm-hmm. Who, from a talent standpoint, is one of the three or four or five best, most talented Mavericks of all time, right? Right. Number one pick out of DePaul. He could score inside. He could score outside. He could pass the ball. He had these, like, crazy, enormous hands where he would just hold the ball away from his body and just do whatever he wanted with yeah. it. Yeah. And so people that are of my generation talk about Aguirre. They're either... He deserves to have his jersey retired or no way, whatever that guy, that guy did this to the organization and blah, blah, blah. But you're in a very exclusive club of guys that have had their jersey retired mm-hmm. for the Mavericks. Special. Special. Yeah, it's Dirk special. will obviously be next. Yeah. Uh, and then I would assume, there, you know, who knows, but a lot of people talk about, will Jet get his jersey retired? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you win a championship, there's a possibility. Right. Yeah. And so as we talk about these names, we get further and further removed from Aguirre. And so I would love to hear your thoughts because you played with him on Mark Aguirre and, his, and that number 24 hanging up there in the rafters. Man, let me tell you something. Skill-wise, no question. You know, people start talking about the top 50 players game-wise, and I'll give you something to back that up here shortly, Skin. When, when you say Mark Aguirre and you equate it to this organization, I will say this, one of the most misunderstood individuals that's ever came through here. Uh, 19, when he came from DePaul, because he left school as a, as a freshman, right? 19 years old, he comes here, college All-American, player of the year, you mentioned first round, I mean the first pick in that particular draft. First overall pick. Which was in 81-82, mm-hmm. right? So it was a start. It was right after Corny Thompson and Kurt Nymphius and <laughs> before those Pat Cummings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before those guys. He, Mark was after those guys. Yeah, right? that, he was after the first expansion year. So he, right. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was the, yeah. It was yeah. 80 was, yes. was the start of the Mavericks, okay? So when you're starting from scratch, mm-hmm. somebody has to put you on the map. Right? Yes. I'll say it again. Yes. When you're starting from scratch, who's going to put you on the map? Right. Well, skin, that guy was Mark Aguirre. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. He made the Mavericks relevant. That in itself, you can argue that his jersey deserves to be retired. Mm -hmm. You throw in the fact that his first year in the NBA, perfect guy? Not at all. Mm -hmm. Neither am I. Right. Neither Neither are a lot of people, right? So if you're basing it on, what are you basing it on? That that his jersey shouldn't be retired. Okay, is the so, question I would ask. Okay, so here here's what I would say about that. In in a different era, there's no Twitter, there's no internet. Right. You right. rely on what you read in the newspaper and what you see too in a lot of yeah, cases. Yeah, yeah, And and you know so much of you know so and you know when you guys went to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers, I think I'm a junior in high school. Hart. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, right. <laughs> And so, and, and uh, here's the other thing that, that people of today can't, or, you know, can't relate to. There weren't games on all the time. No, not like, at all. Yeah. In fact, when I first started watching basketball, you could probably only see the Sixers, Celtics, Lakers, sometimes yeah. Spurs. The, the, the relevant teams. Right. Yeah. And maybe once a week. 
Maybe. So, but anyways, my whole point is that you would read the paper or you would hear what Randy Galloway had to say, right? Yeah. And you would form your opinions based on that. And Randy Galloway is a Mark, Mark Aguirre fan right now. He Go absolutely ahead. is. I know yeah. he's changed his opinion. Yes. Uh, but back then. And people are entitled to their opinions. Absolutely. Now. I mean, that that's just, let's just clear that up. Absolutely. But back then. And I then, certainly have my opinion about Mark. Back then, the perception on the fan side was that Mark quit on the team and, and that he he quit during the Lakers series, and and so that's the perception in 1988, yeah. 89. Yeah. And then he goes to Detroit, and I'm not throwing shade at Adrian Dantley, but he didn't want to be here, and he was past his prime. Yeah. And that's really, in my opinion, you know, you had the Tarpley situation, you had yeah. Perkins leaving, but the the real beginning of the end is your franchise player doesn't want to be here, yeah. and we didn't get anything equal in return. And okay. now we go to the 90s, which was I, 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 the I'm worst glad. decade ever. I'm glad you went there, Skin. So, Kiki Vandeway was drafted whenever he was drafted, right? Yes, yes. Said he wouldn't play for the Dallas Mavericks. Yes. Worked in the front office. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Right. Is what my question becomes. Yes. That's fair. That's you, fair. Mark, Skin, you can't have it both ways. Right. Was Mark perfect here under Coach Mata, Mata and, and, and ownership back then? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, he was young. Probably did and said some things that he regrets. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can't apologize for Mark. Mark has to stand up and apologize and, and, and do what he has to do himself if he wants to clear the air right. from that standpoint. But my goodness, man, 18 points his first year, <laughs> 24 points his next year, mm-hmm. 29 <laughs> the following year. 29 a game. Backed up 29. With 25 Mm -hmm. a night, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's when basketball was totally different, okay? Right, right. See, my thing is, I'm not going to let you let people forget how great and talented this guy was. I already said he put the the organization on the map, and he did, along with some supporting cast. Brad, uh, Kurt, myself, Rolando, you talked about Tarp and Perk. Mm -hmm. That's the beginning of an organization. Right. You gotta get some skins for that skin. Yeah, no point intended. No, I I, I hear you, and and that's you why you gotta get some. Let me let me finish. Yeah, this keep up, on, keep th- on. These numbers here. So Mark went from twenty nine to twenty five to twenty two, back up to twenty five, back that up with another twenty five, eighteen, twenty one, and the, it goes down from there. And I'm going by production. Yeah, you know, not necessarily what people think of a guy personally. Right. Because you don't always like a guy personally, right? Yeah. Hell, we saw that on the last dance. Right. <laughs> that, that has nothing to do with it, or not everything to do with the skin. How many points did Dirk retire averaging? I'm guessing 21-ish. I'm not exactly sure. I would say 20. Okay. Guess how many points Mark Aguirre retired averaging. Uh, 20. <laughs> okay, 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 yeah. So, And I, he gave up a lot when he went to Detroit, too. No question. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I'm not comparing Mark to Dirk, you guys. That's not what I'm doing. Two different people in, in, in so many different ways. But don't sit here and not really know exactly what happened. Like you just said, you read things. I don't remember Mark quitting. I, I just don't. I'm not going to sit here and call that guy a quitter. Right. Because Mark tied him up tight, and he came to play every single night. He got left off an all-star game hmm. uh, one year. Dr. J came in here. Mark gave him 50. Yeah, I remember. Okay, and remember. walked out, didn't talk to Randy Galloway and anybody else. Right, right. Okay? So I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if my jersey is retired, you know, my, my little career, it, it, it was great. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and talk about myself, but if my jersey is in the American Airlines Center, mm-hmm. personally, if Rolando's jersey is in the at the American Airlines, as Brad is up there, mm-hmm. we should all be up there, man. Uh, okay, and, and that's just me being me, yeah, being yeah, yeah. biased. No, no, no. That's, yeah. I, I, but yeah. I want I want to give you some other perspective oh, on this conversation. Absolutely. So when you were traded to the Knicks, I remember footage on the yeah. news, the six o'clock news of you at the airport and what you were saying and hugging yeah, people. I, I, I remember and, that too. I said was, I love Dallas, but I'm going to New York. Yes. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, oh, Harp forced his way out of here. Harp doesn't want, you know, everybody did what was best for their situation, and you did with respect. And then, you know, I don't even know if you know that I know this, but Ben and I 
when we were in our early 20s and trying to be terrible rappers, we were hanging out socially with Tony Dumas. Yeah. And I know that you used to come yeah. to Tony's house and get yes, his sir. ass out of bed and Absolutely. make him Don't work train. Yeah. because you were a vet and you yeah. took on the responsibility of making sure everyone in the organization did what they were supposed to do and holding people right. accountable. Right. And, 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 and so those are the kinds of things that when you look up in, if you're, you know, if you, Hey, this is my team. And I look up in the rafters, I mean, that number 12, yeah. that's a, that's a dude that did every single thing he could possibly do yeah. to be a maverick. And that goes beyond the fact that you're in the top five in like every freaking category. Yeah. That's a different, that's what, that's what but people Mark may be the second best player ever to play here though skin you know I, and I, your point is well taken I, I I get it and I know some of my probably perceptions aren't 100 percent right no, Harp no, it's outside it's looking about, in it's, stuff it's not about that it, it, it is a different way to look at it and it makes all the sense in the world and I would agree skin that the way you leave a place the way fans remember you certainly that has a little that that has has a lot to do with it okay but Again, the guy was 18, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. There was a lot. Mark took all the responsibility, took all the pressure off of us. I'm not going to go with the, 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 the politics of Mark Aguirre being a bad guy. Right. You, you got to know you this You would know guy. better than us, man. Yeah, you got to know this dude, man. Yeah. Strong personality. Played for a strong personality. And Dick Mata. Coach Mata used to tell me – Things like, and I can say it, I said it at my retirement joint, that, you know, I can't get on Mark, I can't get on Roe, so you got to be my whipping boy. <laughs> like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Whoop right. me. I, I, I don't care. i never forget having an earring in my ear when I got here. And Coach Mata coming up to me telling me, you can't be wearing an earring here. He used to put a bottle top on his ear, <laughs> you know. Messing with me. Right, but, you know, right. it, it, that, that's what it is. So my point is that Coach Mata had a strong, different personality himself. Right. And he and Mark clashed because of that. Strong personality. Mm -hmm. They clashed. And I think it made – it gave the perception that Mark was uncoachable. Right. That he was a bad guy. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And if you hear that enough as fans and as people from the outside looking in, you fall for it. Absolutely. And that's unfortunate for Mark. And, and you know what else was crazy too, Harp? And I've, thought, I've rethought about how I think about this in my later years because Dick Mata, quote-unquote, you could say he quit on the team if you wanted to. He uh, walked off. He, he resigned. And didn't tell and anybody I why. Dick Mata. Yeah, yeah. Love him. But no one's ever said Dick Mata quit on the team, you know? And, and so and so, I'm like, okay, was were we, Christina? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, I did I evaluate that right? Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. Acknowledging Christina, man. I, 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 I've sat there in my later years, going, how come we never said Dick Mata quit on the well, team? Well, I mean, because he resigned without a without a reason. Right. He didn't say. Lost to Seattle. What year was that? That was '87. We, we need Followell. He would know. It, it, but it was also it was after didn't we trade Dale Ellis yeah. and Dale goes to Seattle and, and we lose out. we lose yeah, in the yeah, first round twenty eight against yeah, yeah 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 and then Dick Mata abruptly quit at this little podium and double standards yeah I know that's what I'm saying it's I'm a like double standard yeah that, that, that's all I'll say man and I'm not I love everybody that's ever been associated with I, the one Mavericks. of the best Norm you yes Dick Mata Bob Weiss at the time Rick Sun yep uh, Mr Carter Linda Carter those are my people. Right. Automatically. You know, I see them and it brings like back nothing but wonderful memories. You understand? Yeah. But it's almost like we've left Mark out on an island or something, man. Yeah. You know, surely he did some things that he may regret. Do you think Coach Mata regret what he did? I would hope so. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't what, know how what? you can just wear a guy out. And it's not it, – I don't have any say over whether or not Mark gets his jersey retired. Right. But if you base it on a couple of things. One, putting the franchise on the map, which mm -hmm. Mark did. Mm -hmm. When you start a new franchise, the first thing you need is that caliber player. You need a number one draft pick. Yep. Somebody with a reputation. Somebody that can sell tickets. He did all of that. Okay? People yeah. – I'll never forget walking around the city, man, and – Seeing Tony Dorsett and and 
you know. Drew and all those guys. Everson, not Everson, he wasn't here at the time. Ron Springs, I see these guys different places, man. And it was a cow, it's always going to be a cowboy. Right. Although Mavericks have gained, okay, they're, yeah. we, we, they're right there too as far as conversation. But these guys, when I first got, my, this was my rookie year in the league. Guys was like, hey, 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 that's, uh, that's you know, the Mavs. You know, like making fun. <laughs> that's hard. You know, that's that's him. He's from the Mavericks. This is trying to get in restaurants right. and, and nightclubs. Right, and right, stuff, right, okay? right, right, right. So they go, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, man. So, I'm so and so, I'm so and so. My point is this nobody knew who the heck I was <laughs> when I got to Dallas. Right. You understand what I'm saying? I came from Illinois. I was a college All American, all this stuff. People still didn't know the Mavericks. And before Mark got here, it was even worse. Right. So all I'm trying to make the point of, of skin is that somebody there's a starting point for everything. And somebody has to start it. Mark is the guy that started the Mavericks into the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think I just feel like personally there's something to be said for that, man. I, I the reason I kind of wanted to get into this with you is oh, because it's an interesting I, conversation. And and I want you to know that you've over the last couple of years changed the way I feel about it. Yeah. Well, um, and 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 also the other you part have of your is, opinion, though. I, I I don't know if I change it or you just have a different opinion about it. Now, I just you know? it, it's made me think about it in ways I didn't yeah. think about it before. And the other thing too is like you know everybody's spinning their own narrative, and somewhere in between all those narratives is the what, truth. What, what 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 do you think? What what how can what, what what's your narrative exactly? Why did you initially think? And well, you kind of said it. But what I, what I thought was. <laughs> What I thought was was that Mark was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Dick and, Mata said the same thing, right? And I and I and in fairness uh, to Mark, I I never worked that in, right? It was and also he quote unquote faked a finger injury during the most important time and forced his way out of here and wanted to go play with his dude, you talk Isaiah. talked to the doctor? Who did you talk to? God, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. right? Rumor has it. Rumor right? has no, it. I'm joking. And that's what, that's what columnists <laughs> are some, writing. Yeah, and, you know. yeah there, could, there could be some truth to that. I, I remember that same story, though, that he faked an injury. Right. During a conference final. Listen, and, never, you know, never thought, yeah. never questioned it. You know what I mean? Just right. like, I don't guess he's hurt. You right. know what I'm saying? But you had no reason to believe that Mark would quit on his team. Nah, nah, I didn't, I didn't think so. And, I mean, sometimes, you know, you don't know everything, especially when it comes to the little details of it. But um, I do remember that that situation yeah. I, where supposedly he wasn't really hurt and could have played. Scottie Pippen didn't play. Yeah. He had a headache. Right. One game. Right. right? I mean, you have a headache, Christina? Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> Christina's a gamer. She'll play know. with a headache, man. I don't know, man. I, you know, I, and I'm just defending my guy, man. And he, I appreciate it. Yeah, he hasn't defend. He has nobody has stepped up for Mark. I think he and Cube have a pretty good relationship. And Mark Cuban, he he does it the right way, man. Mm-hmm. So I think Cube sees both sides of the of the situation. Right. And at some point, I think Mark's jersey will be retired. That's just my gut. I hope so. Anyway, you know, and um, to completely hate on Mark, I just can't do it because he did a lot for this organization. Yeah, he really did. Well, I I, I think it's at least from my perspective, uh, it it's. And how I much, thought we lived in a for, forgiving society. We should, right? right? We're supposed right? to. Yeah, we're that's supposed what to. I thought. I mean, people do wrong. We're human, man. We make mistakes. We say stuff. We do stuff. I mean. Nobody's perfect, and that, that that's the thing that gets me is that you know yeah okay let, you know, okay, I go well, out of bounds and it's just like oh man you went out of bounds you dribbled out the clock you did I'll never forget that time when you thought you all had a lead and you dribbled out the clock I'm like well yeah I did that but I'm not gonna go walk in front of a bus because I did it you, you know, know what, what though I mean? Harp okay but that to me that is. brings up that that that's this is what I feel about the Aguirre situation. My memory, and I was at that game mm-hmm. when you dribbled out the clock. Yeah, I did it. Ah, right. 
my memory more than anything of that is how you handled it. Yeah, it stayed. I'm telling you, as a whatever I, I was. I didn't have eight, a choice, Skin. No, there is a like choice. I said, yeah, you, you can you jump can, off of Reunion Tower, or yeah. you can be surly, or you can be a dick, or whatever. At, you handled you know it. How old I was, Skin? I was 19, 20 years old, man. It was my rookie year. You don't know how to handle things at 20 you, years old. You instinctively handled it perfectly. You don't know how to, though, Skin. I did through the grace of God. I mean, but you don't always at 19, 20 years old know how to handle those circumstances in that situation. You don't, but the way you handle it revealed character. (laughs) I I, I know, know. okay, okay, but what I'm saying, here's what I'm saying, though, (laughs) is is there's, for Maverick fans, there's never been a time where they've had a chance to relate to Mark and Mark to relate to them. Yeah, good point. There's never been a time where Mark said, hey, man, Here's how I was at that time. You know, the only post-playing thing that I think of with Aguirre is him and Zach and Ellie. And, uh, man, yeah. I don't have strong – I don't have nice thing feelings about Zach and Ellie. I wasn't in the inside of those deals or whatever. <laughs> but I don't I don't like hear Frank Zach and Ellie's hey, name man, go, what a we, great guy. We're going to get a sponsor now because <laughs> <laughs> we're starting to go – we're but, starting to put it, put but, it on right now. But we're what I'm saying on. is is for, for people for, for people my generation that have whatever their memories are of that time yeah, yeah. period, yeah. it would be great if Mark – you know, I agree 100%. came from his perspective. I would agree. Come on our for, show. That's what come dude, on, bring him on one. this. That's yes. what I'll try to do. That'd I, be I'll incredible. try to get him on. And um I, I'm gonna try to set that up. That'd be I, amazing. I yeah, I think you're right. The, to be continued. Yes. This Mark Aguirre story. No question. And don't get me wrong. I respect your opinion, the next guy's opinion, but I also have an in up close and personal opinion when it comes to Mark Aguirre. Yes. And I don't look at Mark as a quitter. Um, I, I again, I just feel like Mark did a lot for the organization when the organization was starting to try to gain some momentum, and that's why I've felt my opinion change over the yeah. last couple of years is because yeah. what you have to say about it. Yeah, and I, I'm not, I'm just not one to let what everybody else say influence me. Right? You, you know lived what I mean? It. Yeah, I lived it, and and so did a lot of people, and they 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 can be. Uh, be swayed one way or another. I, I just know in Mark's in, in my hearts of hearts that Mark one is not a bad guy and certainly not a quitter. Mm-hmm. I, I've worked out with him. I've done. I've been around him. You know. I, I just don't see him as that. And just want to set the record straight from my perspective that they call him Big Draws because he had those big, <laughs> those big old pants, uh, shorts when we played. You know, this is funny. So, I, so that's my guy. You, uh, you're friends with my co-host Ben Rogers. Yeah, yeah. And when oh, Ben, yeah. I think, was an eighth or I ninth mean, grader, I think he wrote his junior high English paper on Mark Aguirre, and I think the paper was called Big Draws. <laughs> you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Ben tried. To, he, he tried to be Mark. On, <laughs> yeah, on the court, back down right? and shoot <laughs> yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's funny, yeah. man. No, but this is this is this is good conversation, man. Because I love it. I think, like again, it, it's one thing to know the the little nuances of everything that went on, and it's another thing to just hear it. Mm-hmm. You know. Like I, I, I've kind of briefly had this conversation with Followell, mm-hmm. and the first thing I, the Mark says, and he, he he doesn't mind me sharing this. The first thing he said was, "I think Mark brought it on himself, didn't he?" And right away, you want to know how did he bring it on himself? People get man, divorces don't always end well, right? Let's say that too, right? You know, I, I, it's I, rare that they end. Well. Th- that's exactly right yeah. because there's a lot of there are a lot of emotion, a lot of feelings that go into it. So, were there some things that were said from both sides? I think that offended both sides. Mm-hmm. Sure, that 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 that's got to be the case, right? Right. But you know, to live and die with all of that stuff, man. I, I just, I just see where there's a way to mend things back together. And Mark get his gets his just when it comes to being a Dallas Maverick man. That's he, a beautiful was, thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, I I I can't I can't wait. I feel like this is like we're just now scratching the surface. <laughs> He's going to come on this show though. I'm going to drag him in here. I'm Make it happen. Shotgun him in here to uh, to talk about things and try to mend the fences a little bit. Okay, so that's a good. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Let's do a little scratch the surface. The season just started. Yeah. What is something that you are looking forward to over the next couple weeks 
from a Maverick perspective? Where do, oh, what's right, the next wrinkle that we see with this well, thing? Right, right off the top, KP coming back. Yeah. And how they implement him coming back. A lot of guys are going to – minutes are going to go down, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Mavericks have a philosophy of staying ready because you never know when you're – you're going to get your call. Kali Stein, prime example, yeah. last night got to start. Yeah. And it Huge went pretty, contribution. Yeah, it went pretty well for him. 16, yeah. I think, and seven rebounds. Yeah, active. Yeah, very active defensively. Um, but just overall, I don't think anybody really has an identity as a team. Look at Brooklyn. Everybody thought Kyrie and Kevin Garnett or Kevin – oh, my God, Kevin Durant mm-hmm. – we're going to set the, the Eastern Conference on fire. Hadn't been the case, right? Right, right. So I guess I say that to say that it takes time for to mesh things together, for things to come together when you start talking about professional sports, especially basketball. Yeah. You know, the, the, to build continuity, it, it takes Luca. I'm going to echo Luca's sentiments. He said about 20 games it takes to really know your identity and who you are as a team, who does what, who's playing this role, who's playing that role. Heck, I think Coach Carlisle is still figuring that thing out because if he wasn't, he wouldn't have changed the lineup last night. Right. So that's a prime example that everybody is kind of, you know, walking on pins and needles, just trying to understand a little bit better. But, you know, KP comes back, and I change, I think that changes the whole dynamic of this Maverick team. He averaged 30 points in the bubble. Yep. And the Mavericks are averaging, what, about 106 points that's, a game right uh, now, yeah. I think? Yep. You can't tell me after averaging 117 last year that they're not better than 106. They're just missing some guys that will uh, that uh, uh, the guy that would put them over the hump. And they play a game Thursday night against another team that hadn't figured it out but has high expectations in Denver. Yeah. Denver's off to a slow start, so that's in, maybe. May I know KP's supposed to practice? Yeah. Maybe he comes back for Denver. Maybe the Orlando game Saturday. I'll ask but him. I think I'm going to do an interview with KP. Oh, on beautiful Friday, I think, and. Um, That'll be my first question. When are you coming back? <laughs> Tell me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I demand to know. Harp, this was fun, man. Yeah, it was. It it, uh, it opened up a can of worms. It? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let the worms go yeah, in there a little bit. Which is what Open Run is all about. We pick conversations, topics, and we run with them, right? Absolutely. Yep. All right, man. We'll my catch guy. you next time, man. I'll see you, uh, if not sooner, I'll see you Thursday, Skin. And you were supposed to take that interview last night. I didn't want to interview. No, no, no. That was good. Well, we all got questions. You were over there pointing at me, and I'm like, no, you go. And then (laughs) turns out we were all able to get a question (laughs) in, right? That was fun. Yeah, it was. That was fun. All right, next time, baby. All right, enjoy.